Out of the Honky Tonk Time Machine, we get to talk to Craig Campbell, known for his big hits, Outskirts of Heaven, my personal favorite, but also Keep Them Kisses Coming, Out of My Head, Family Men, and several others. Craig, we appreciate you coming on. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? I'm doing pretty good. I think we caught you at a, at a pretty interesting time. You're about to go write some more material, it sounds like. Oh, man, it's a daily grind. You know, we... Uh, <laughs> part of our, our creative process so yeah we got heading downtown to write a song with some friends of mine that uh we've actually had, hit, hit a good stroke here lately we, we've been writing some good songs so we're just going to try to keep that going that includes your new single uh never mind which i don't want to ask you about just yet i kind of want to save that for later in the show and and we'll uh we'll play it as well but you've done an amazing job writing songs throughout your career and i read this you tell me if it's true Luke Bryan is actually the one who encouraged you to start writing songs, or at least start writing more often. Yeah, I mean, Luke was very was very uh, uh, helpful in, in a lot of ways. I mean, he, he hired me to play piano for him uh, years ago, and, and this one day we were sitting having dinner uh, at a at a barbecue joint, and I was just picking his brain because I knew he was just he was just on the edge of signing a record deal, and and uh, all the all the places we were playing, he was he was selling them out. I was like, man, how is he doing this? And, so I was just picking his brain, and and uh, I was just saying, hey, "Do you got any advice?" And he said, "Man, he says if I, he said, are you writing songs?" I said, "Well, I, I'm not, not like a full time thing." I said, "You know, I got ideas in my head, but you know," he says, "Well, you need to be writing songs." And uh, man, I just I took that I took that advice and got back to Nashville and just hit the ground running, brother. Did you know Luke before you got to Nashville? I know you're both Georgia guys, or did you not meet him until you got there? Yeah, I didn't meet Luke until I got to Nashville. We just happened to have a uh, a mutual friend that knew that Luke was looking to uh, to add a piano player to his band, and they threw my name in the hat, and and uh, he hired me. I got I played probably I don't know a dozen shows with him or so for uh, about a year. Speaking of Georgia, t- tell me a little bit about growing up in Georgia, and and you know who influenced you? Who'd you grow up listening to around there? Man, I grew up uh, you know probably I guess my earlier years. Um, Southern Baptist was. Uh, or Southern Gospel was was playing in in my house at all times. In in mom, we had little radios spread out through all throughout the house, and they were all on the same same station. So I grew up at an early age listening to Southern Gospel, and I played piano for my church for a long time. But you know, when my brother got his driver's license, he uh, he he, he rocked my world, man. He you know he plugged in a Randy Travis record, and then and, and then it you know Shenandoah, and then Tracy Lawrence, and then I was like, well. I need to get I need to get more of this in my life, and uh, <laughs> so uh, when he was driving us back and forth to school, so that's when that's when my love for country music uh, just was 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 born, you know, with Clint Black and and Travis Tritt, Alan Jackson, uh, the class of '89, if, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's when my world got uh, turned upside down, and that's when I realized that's you know I loved country music from that point, and then you know a couple of years later I. I I made a decision that that's what I wanted to do for a living. I always wondered if Alan Jackson was required listening if you liked country music and you were from Georgia. So, <laughs> well, yeah, him, you know, but Travis Tritt was probably my favorite. Uh, you know, I love Travis. Just the, the idea that he, you know, he could play multiple instruments uh, at a master level. He could write songs. He could sing country, gospel, bluegrass, rock and roll, southern rock. He just he was just good at all of that, and that's like man. I just want to be half as good as Travis, you know. We're going to play all of Craig Campbell's hits, right? But we're also going to play some of Craig Campbell's influence. So what would you say your favorite Travis Tritt song is if you had to 
I know I'm putting you on the spot, and that's a tough question, but if you had to narrow it down, do you have a favorite Tritt song? Well, I would say of all time, probably Anymore would be my favorite song of his. Uh, but that, that entire record that Anymore was on, the It's All About the Change record, uh, was, was just a big deal to me. Uh, it had Here's a Quarter on there. It's All About the Change. Anymore, uh, just hit after hit after hit. And it just was a, was a, big, was a big influence on me, that, that entire album. Yeah. That's good stuff. He's got a new song out too that we've been playing. It's it's called Smoking a Bar. It's it's really good. Also, I don't know if you've had a chance yeah. to check that out yet. So Oh yeah, I've checked it out for sure. Yeah, I keep my eyes on Travis pretty good. I bet so. I bet so. He's a Georgia guy too. We're talking to Craig Campbell tonight on K one oh three and you mentioned uh, a few of those nineties country guys. You actually played in the band for one of them. Uh you, you traveled with Tracy Bird for a little while, didn't you? Yep. I I was uh Tracy Bird's piano player for about a year and a half back in 2005, 2006. Uh, a lot of fun, you know. That, that was a that was a cool experience for me, just being able to to sit back and just kind of watch. You know, I, I knew that I knew that I wanted to be the front man at some point, but it was a it was a great experience just to just to kind of sit back and watch and, and see how all that goes down from a from a side man's point of view. And uh, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Your uh, first hit comes out in 2010, Family Man, off your uh, self-titled debut album. We're going to kind of get into some of these songs a little bit, and, and if you have any stories behind them, we'd love to hear them. But what was that time like when Family Man's out on the radio and, and doing pretty well for you? Oh, it was, you know, it was one of those, like, I always just, my goal was to be able to play music uh, and make a living doing it. And, you know, to have songs on the radio was just, for me, icing on the cake. Uh, but, you know, Family Man was... I don't know that we had planned on that being the very first single from the get-go, but when we went in and recorded all those songs, it just stood out. And it was like, you know, what what do we want to uh, introduce Craig to the country music world with? And, you know, what what do we want them to know about him that they need to know right away? So, Family Man was the one, and uh, it was I think it was it was the best choice that it, that you know we could even think of. So. Uh, I was very proud of that song. Still am, and uh, yeah. So that was a that that song will was and will always be special. You followed up with Fish and When I Get It uh, the next year in 2011, and, and both of those are off your debut album as well. H- how much has your music changed since then? It's only been 11 years, but then you think about man, it's been 11 years already. A lot's happened since 2010. So has your music changed at all since that first album? Well, it did uh, because I was uh, I was um, I was allowing the record labels to, to dictate uh, what I recorded and, and what I wrote and, you know, the songs that I chose and the songs that they chose, you know, they shoved down my throat. Um, and so now that I'm not with a record label that I can go back to doing what I want to do and how I want to do it. So yeah, there was a, there was a time where I was recording songs based on um, trying to be successful through the eyes of my record label. Uh, and that just didn't work. And, you know, so now my approach is uh, to just go back to what I do, what I love and, and get recording songs that get me fired up. So that's, it has changed, but it's actually changed back to, you know, so now that when I do record and when I play and I, I go out and I do shows, I, you know, I, I get excited. I heard that was actually a promise that you made to yourself that you weren't going to record a song that you weren't passionate about anymore, right? That's correct. I mean, you know, you could, 
you, I can sit and run down a list of songs of song, uh, uh, songs that I released that, you know, that I did not get passionate about. And at the end of the day, we, uh, when it comes to radio, it's, it's, we are salesmen. And if, you know, if I don't, if I don't believe in my product, then I'm not going to be able to sell it very well. And that's just, that was very evident in a couple of songs that I released. Um, so that's, that's just, I'm not, that's not going to be the case anymore. You know, I was talking to Leroy Parnell about that, that same thing. And he, he said a lot of the same things that you were saying right now. Is it tricky though, if you release a song that maybe the fans liked, but you weren't particularly fond of, and then do you continue to play that song? How do you balance that? Well, fortunately I haven't been able to, I haven't recorded and released any songs that my fans love that I didn't like. Okay. Well, that's good. I've, uh, uh, but I have recorded songs that I love that, that the fans didn't necessarily like, but that goes back to me being able to sleep at night. It, I got to be happy with this. My wife has to be happy with this. I have to, I have to, I have to be behind every every piece of music that I release to the world, just because if if it doesn't work and people don't love it, there's nobody to blame but me. Tell me about Out of My Head, which came out the next year in 2012. This is off your second album, Never Regret. It was another top 15 single for you, and it was one that I always enjoyed. Yeah, no, I, I'll go. I'll go to my grave saying that that song was a big old hit that uh we just we just ran into a lot of a lot of hurdles with it you know it took a long time on the radio it was on the chart for 56 weeks i think it just legitimately just ran out of steam uh and no matter how awesome the song was uh but i picked it you know that goes back to songs that, that get me fired up that was one of those songs that i picked and my producer at the time he was like you know he he didn't love it as much as i did and then uh, we went in to record, and uh, we recorded five songs. We had time to do one more, and he said, which one do you want to do? I said, I want to do Out of My Head, man. I've been screaming it. And uh, we started tracking it, and then, you know, about halfway through the, the session, he looked, He turns around and looks at me. He's like, man, I think this is the one. I said, I've been telling you, bro. <laughs> you know, and so um, I believe I, 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 I love that song. Uh, you know, and a lot of people may or may not know this, but Cole Swindell, is a co-writer on that song and he's a buddy of mine. But, um, first time I heard it, I knew it was a hit and I wanted to record it. And, uh, and that's what we did. I did not know Cole Swindell was a writer on that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then keep them kisses coming. That's got a really interesting story behind it. And I'll let you tell it, but, uh, but you had to keep it on the charts. So I'll let you kind of tell the story behind that. Oh, that song's got a lot of stories. <laughs> um, you know, all of my songs up to this point had taken a long time on the chart and it was doing the same thing with keep them kisses coming. And even back when Out of My Head was over with, uh, we decided that um, we wanted to do something like an up-tempo love song. And, and I had Keep Him Kisses coming, and we were like, let's go. Um, and, you know, it was it was struggling going up the 50, in the 50s and then kind of getting into the high 40s on the chart. And we're doing our thing. And we're like, okay, here we go. It's going to be another year. Um, and then um, it got chosen for a, a – a, program song with iHeart uh, called On the Verge, which is in, in our world is a big deal. Um, and, you know, that song went from 44 to 30 in one week on the chart. So we bypassed the 30s, which, you know, that's where I always had most of my trouble. But yeah, man, 30s, 20s, it's in the teens, it's rocking, it, it has all the, the, the signs of being a big old number one song, and then I get a phone call that my record label's closing. Mm. And that is not a phone call you want to get when your song is racing up the chart. So a couple of days go by, and I'm like, oh, gosh, what do I do? And I uh, started getting calls from radio, like, what do y'all, what's the plan? And I was like, hey, 
just because I don't have a record label doesn't mean this is not a hit, guys. You know, so then I started calling radio and said because some of those stations were were backing off of it, and they were like, okay, I guess if the record label's done, the song is done. So I had to call and say, nope, nope, <laughs> I'm still here, I'm still doing my thing. This song is a hit. Keep playing, you know. And and I was able to get that song from 13 to number seven all by myself. Yeah, and that that's nearly impossible to do without without a record label financially backing it and having a team out there calling radio stations. As somebody who takes those calls, I understand what kind of goes in behind that. For you to basically be doing that by yourself, <laughs> just kind of hitting the streets, if you will, or hitting the phones, that, that's pretty impressive to, to get that song up to number seven without the, without the label. Well, yeah, and, it, you know, I think it was just a testament of the relationship that I had that I had formed with radio. I mean, it was like, and they knew that it wasn't my fault, and they knew that I was, it was I kind of got shafted a little bit, um, and so they were like, "Dude, we got you." But then you know, once you get to the top, you're getting close to the top five. That's when it really counts to have, you know, a lot of money and a lot of planning and all that. And you know, I just didn't have that. Yeah. And uh, so, so number seven, I was super happy with that. You know, to be a to be a, out there all by myself. Yeah, it, it helps though that it, that it was a good song too. You know, it's not going to climb that high if it wasn't, and it, it certainly was right. a fun one too. Um, so then what, what happens after the, uh, after the label closes, you know, what, what was kind of your next step from there? Well, I knew, you know, I was paying attention. Uh, it took me a minute to figure out what was going on because my record label was trying to hold me, hold me in my, in my contract. Cause even though they were closing, that they were still like a, a company, uh, and they were keeping me, keeping me under my contract. And then, so it took a while to get out of that. But in the meantime, I, I was keeping my eye on I like Broken Bow. I knew I was watching Broken Bow, and I noticed that they had signed a couple of acts that you know had success. But then when they when they signed with Broken Bow, they had huge success. And I was like, well, if they can do that for them, then they can do that for me. And and I was coming off of a top ten song, and and it just the the momentum was there. I went and had a meeting with Broken Bow, and, and they said, yeah, let's do this. And uh, so I signed with them about uh, ten months later. You'd put an album out with them, and then you would eventually leave, and, and that's when you started doing your own thing. I'm 100% independent. I don't have to ask permission to do anything from anybody except for my wife, so I'm good <laughs> to go. <laughs> so then, I, you know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but has it been a blessing in disguise for you? Oh, it has. You know, when we, when me and Broken Bow split up, uh, we it was, it was like, man, you spend all this time trying to get a record deal, and then... Uh, you never think that you would be this excited to not have one. So, uh, I'm, we, we, we love it. Like I said, we, 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 uh, we make our own decisions. We pull the trigger and, you know, these days you don't really need a record label to do what you need to do, uh, with, with music. Um, record labels do help with radio and, and being a bank, but fortunately I've had, I've had a, a good, a little bit of success to, to be able to fund my own career at the moment. So it's, uh, it, it has been a blessing. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Outskirts of Heaven, though, which is a song that you recorded while you were with Broken Bow. It's my favorite song of yours. I'm sure you're aware that St. Jude uses it as one of their story songs nationwide for everybody's radiothons, so that means we use it too. What do you remember about recording that one, and, and how has it impacted you since you put it out five years ago? Well, I knew I knew when we wrote it it was going to be a hit uh, with, some, with somebody, you know, because I just... I wrote it and, and I knew I'd written a good song. Um, 
me and my co-writer, and then and then I started playing it out live, and it just started started getting a great reaction. And so I went to the record label and I said, "Hey, I know y'all picked that last one." I said, "But we 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 got to put this one out. We just ha- we have to." And uh, my president of the label, he's like, "Okay, you know, let's just well, let's just hope it hope it streams and downloads." I'm like, "Okay, I get it. That's what you're worried about. You're worried about the business." I said, "I'm worried about the quality of music." Um. Uh, so we put it out and, you know, all that stuff they were talking about, the streaming and the downloads and the testing and the, and the, all that, it, it was like gangbusters. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of that song and the fact that it, it's after I put it out that, you know, all the stories that I've gotten from people about how it, how it helped them deal with, you know, either losing somebody they loved or they had lost somebody they loved, you know, in, in, in the afterlife kind of stuff. So, um, I'm proud of that song in the fact that it's been there to help and to help people heal. What went through your mind when you heard St. Jude wanted to use it to help, you know, raise money for children's cancer research? Well, man, that was kind of an odd deal. Like they, they called and said, Hey, we want you to, we want this, we want to use it. And I was like, well, you know, I think this is a, a good song for that. So I had to go in and record my story part, but just without music. And then they took all it and placed it in the song. And uh, so I, I kind of forgot about it. And then one day somebody calls me, one of my record guys, and he's like, dude, have you heard Outskirts, uh, the St. Jude version? I said, no. And he sent it to me. And, dude, I, I got to – man, I mean, it's powerful. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad, but it's powerful. And, I, you know, I was very, very uh, honored that they would, would want to use that song. And, and um, But at the same time, I'm, I'm uh, proud that, that it, it works the way it does uh, when it comes to St. Jude. Can't listen to it without a tear coming to your eye. We run our radio. Oh, it's, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's yeah. rough. In a good way, you know. Every March, we're playing that. Since it came out or since they since they did their version of it, we they they keep bringing it back every year. And every year, I'm like, oh, that one again. So, yeah, it's, it's left an impact. Um, another one we're hoping that's going to leave an impact is your current single you got out right now. I've listened a few times, and I like it a little bit better every time I hear it. It's called Nevermind. Um, tell me about that one and, and uh, how'd you come up with it? Well, man, I had that title for a long time in my phone. I was like, man, you know, I, I, I love the, the the double meaning of certain phrases or, or the, the words that sound like other words that mean, di- you know, spell different kind of things. You know, like family, comma, man, mm-hmm. family man. You know, I, I, I love writing those kind of songs. So I had this title, Never Mind, You Were Never Mind. And I was like, that's pretty cool, but how do we write it? And I never could figure it out. Just didn't, just didn't start, didn't add up. And then one day, I, I, it, I think it, I think it came to me while I was asleep. I woke up. And I said, "Never mind that we did all this and we did all that." And, every, and I thought, I thought everything was great. I thought this is this is it, you know. And but you were never mind. Never mind that all this happened. So then I threw it out to my co-writers, and they loved it. So we wrote it. But it wasn't until the end. Matter of fact, it might have been like a, a few days later, Jim McCormick, one of my co-writers, texted and said, hey, I think right before the hook, you were never mine. We need to say, never mind that I was all yours. Just kind of seal it up. And I said, that's genius. Let's do that. So uh, he came up with the, the uh, never mind that I was all yours like days later. And uh, But when we got done with it and we demoed it, it sounded amazing. And It's just one of them songs that I love. My wife loved it. Um, my manager loved it. And then we just said, hey, let's go. Let's do this. 
It's it's an awesome play on words. It's a it's a fun song to listen to, and and we're actually going to debut it uh, here on our radio station to close out the show tonight. Never mind from Craig Campbell, and yeah, it's never mind M I N E, but obviously the play on words is the never mind with M I N D. It's it's really cool. Craig, uh, what do you got coming up next? Anything big uh, on the horizon for you? You going to be able to tour a little bit more this summer and everything like that? Yeah, man. We, you know, dates are coming in slowly. Uh, it's, it's a lot better than it was last year, and so um, we're blessed to, to to see some dates being added. Uh, a lot of acoustic shows, just me and my guitar. A lot, of, a lot of full band shows are coming in. Um, and you know, making music. I'm hoping to put out. I'm working on a double album. Uh, hopefully, be putting this thing out sometime towards towards the end of summer. Uh, a lot of music I've been sitting on for a long time, but like I said, you know earlier that, you know I'm I got I can do whatever I want now, and if I want to put out thirty songs, I put out thirty songs at one time, you know. So that's that's the plan, and that's sometime towards the end of summer. And uh, and me and my wife we're also working on uh, opening a coffee shop here in Eagleville, Tennessee, where we live, cool. and uh, hopefully that thing's going to be open in November. Uh, so we got a lot going on. Very, very cool. And never mind, you can uh, you can pick up wherever you download music uh, right now, can't you, Craig? Absolutely, it is there. If you want to, if you want to hear it, all you got to do is look for it. Craig Campbell, never mind. All right, go look for it right now, Craig. It's been a pleasure talking to you and catching up. We sure appreciate your time, and we wish you good luck uh, the rest of the way. Okay, right on, man. Appreciate y'all.